0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Freire, and I'm here to help you find, retain, and develop entrepreneurial leaders within your organization so that you can have a thriving business. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Entrepreneur Podcast. I have an amazing guest. She is phenomenal. She is the VP of People at Refine Labs. Please welcome Jessica Williams. Jessica, how are you doing today?
1: Hello, hello. Well, first of all, I feel like a wrestler. Like I would like came out like that was like the best <laughs> intro. So thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got to get my wrestler g- game going on. Like, and everybody. <laughs>
1: Welcome yeah. to the stage. I loved uh, wrestling when I was a kid, so I'm like really into it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So was I. My, my brother taught me a lot about wrestling. I was like, oh, yeah. I never thought I would do it. Do it. Yeah. Uh, but t- thankfully, right, or maybe not thankfully, yeah. that's not our topic today at hand. The topic that we're talking about is creating a culture playbook to raise up entrepreneurs. Right mm-hmm. and and Jessica, when we were talking back and forth, you had mentioned when when you started your role at Refine Labs that you the, one of the first things you did was create a culture playbook, and I was like, mm-hmm. that's the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah. So, what is a culture playbook, and what's the difference between just a simple HR manual?
1: Yeah. So, whenever you think of um, a handbook, think boring, dull <laughs> legal document. <laughs> Nobody wants to read it. It's the document you get on your first day. And because it's on DocuSign, you just click, 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 and you don't read it. Nobody wants to look at it. And when you think of a culture playbook, you think of this is something that is one use for recruiting. So it gives you insight into the culture. And then also it helps bring what employees are going to experience to life. So we go through our four values. We go through, there's a whole section on we are not your family. So there are mm. sections on like giving people insight into what is it actually like to work here? And some some of it is aspirational. So we have a whole section on what we want it to be like, what we're working towards. So for example, one of the sections is around diversity and inclusion. We want to be at 50% women and 50% professionals of color. We are not there. So we talk about, this is the North Star. This is where we want to be, but we're not there yet. So it's more of a bringing the culture to life than a legal document of like, wagging your finger, don't do this, don't do that. That is not what we want. Nobody wants to read that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Man, that's so good. And I I love that you said with some of the things that that you mentioned is that we are not family. And I want to dig deep into that a little bit because you hear that a lot in companies, like, you're we're honest. like, just like a family. I'm like, no, you're not. You don't fire yeah. your family. Yeah, right? I was like
1: We are so- not. It, when you hear that, when I tell people that I do career coaching and when I hear the, the people say we're a family, I think red flag, run, 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 run. Because I see it as a form of manipulation to say like, oh, we're a family. And so we want you to work extra hours. We want you to go above and beyond and put us ahead of your family, of your real family. And that's not real. So we have a whole section that says, we are not your family. This is a contract. We would love for you to like your peers. Um, We expect that you respect your peers, but we believe in that you should have a divide and that your family is your family. Your family should come first, but we are not your family. So we have a whole section on that. And it's ironic because we just hired somebody and she started on Monday and I had a conversation with her on Tuesday. And she said, did you write the culture book? And I said, yes. And she said, The section on we are not a family was the thing that got me to come here because she had previously worked somewhere where she said she felt like she was manipulated with that whole, we're a family concept. And when she read it in our culture book, that was the thing that got her to come work for us. So, yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's so great. And 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 you know, interestingly, when I read your culture playbook because you sent it to me, mm-hmm. and I I was actually excited. I was like, I think I want to go work here. Right? <laughs> like I, I, uh, I was like, I think I want to go check it out. And I remember reading that, and, and it reminded me of my boss, my my former boss. He, he says, "Hey, we're not a family. We're a team. Yeah, right. Like, and because we're a team, yeah. like th- that means that there's certain positions you play. There's certain positions you may not play, and sometimes yeah. you may be in a different team. That that Absolutely. happens."
1: Yeah. But and I mean, it it well. matters. It absolutely yeah. matters. And so I, I posted about this on LinkedIn and people get upset and they're offended. and it's like, no, it is a family. And I'm like, I'm not saying you have to hate people or you, you know, have to have this big wall. You can be a team. You can be, there's other terminology, but this is no. not your family.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I put up a lot for my family. right? <laughs> yes. Like I'm sure we all do. Right. We're you saying, got that awkward cousin. You're just like
1: your ah. crazy uncle. I don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, like if I have the opportunity to be like crazy uncle, you out, you yes, like, <laughs> I would do it. Uh, okay, so so but those are some of the core values that you have. I, I think that one stood out to me the most. What are some other core values that you have noticed that are really important to emphasize within a culture playbook?
1: Yeah, one of the ones for us, we talk about, a lot about failure. So we are early stage startup. We have uh, close to a hundred employees, a little bit over a hundred actually as of today. Um, with the new people that started on Monday. So with that in mind, like we are really big on innovation. And the only way to get people to be innovative if it's okay to fail. So Mm. a lot, you know, the buzzword nowadays is psychological safety. The whole gist of psychological safety is can you fail and still keep your job and not be talked down to or it not come up later as a um, something bad that you did because you took a chance. So one of the things that we really believe in is failure. So it's one of our core values is we fail forward. So if you fail or if you come up with an idea, it will not be held against you if you were trying to, one, please a client. So if a client says, let's try something out. So we're a marketing agency. So if a client says, we want to try something out and it doesn't work, that's a learning opportunity. Now you can go do something else for their marketing. Let, let's try animation. Let's try something else creative. But. A lot of companies tell you that, oh, failure, failure, failure. But when you actually fail, is it used against you later on on your performance review? And that's kind of when the mud, like the rubber meets the road. Because I have actually worked places where you better not fail, and if you do, you are you better hide it. And that is not innovation. You know, like you yeah. can't get innovation if people can't actually speak up.
0: Yeah, man, that's that's so good, and especially for entrepreneurs, right? They, they are individuals who who they want to innovate that's for me. their company. Right, And and that's a massive thing that I talk about a lot is just like, it's a, let it be okay to fail. Yeah. And how do we navigate those conversations yeah. of failure is vital. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate that feeling that you have to feel like you have to hide your mistakes.
1: Yes. The hiding right? of mistakes is such a big deal. I even think particularly when you think about leadership, uh, mm. one of my favorite quotes is you can tell the difference between a leader and a bully in how they respond to you when you disagree with them. And this also speaks to innovation because if somebody comes to me and say says, Jessica, I want to try this out and it doesn't work, my response and how I speak to them, but also how I speak to my peers on the leadership team on what this person did. And if I gave them and said like, hey, you should be able to do this, that speaks volumes because if the leader is not going to back you up after you fail, but they will back you up if you do well, that's, you can't have, that's not innovation. People are going to yeah. be scared.
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I love how you're saying there's a difference between the leader and a yeah. boss. Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds like uh, at Refine Labs, you guys have some great leadership yeah. that you guys have, have put in place. And part of that leadership has instilled this culture playbook. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking about the culture playbook. We talk about, we've talked a little bit about the core values, but uh, let's take a step back and just talk about why. Why is a culture playbook needed for, for people and organizations?
1: Yeah, so when I interviewed at Refine Labs, this is something I brought up in the interview process. Um, whenever we, they believed in like doing a panel. So my first interview was with the COO and then I met with the CEO and then I did a panel interview with people that were gonna be my peers. And one of the questions they asked me was, what would you wanna do in your first 90 days? And the first thing I said is, the first thing I want to do is create a culture book because one, this would help with recruiting. We're going through rapid growth. And also we need to solidify what is the culture because in startups, you know, Once a company has been in business for a while, there is a culture, whether you create it or not, there's going to be a culture. So you might as well get ahead of it. So at the time, we only had 40 employees. Perfect time to say, this is what our culture is and this is what we want it to be. So I definitely believe in having aspirations. Uh, A lot of times people miss the mark and just say, everything is sunshine and rainbows over here. But come on, what are you working towards? And just write it down and let it be a North Star so I definitely, when I started, I knew we need a culture book because we only have 40 people and we wanted to grow. And so why not use it as a recruitment mechanism? So it was something that I brought up and literally on day one, they were like, remember when you said you were going to write a culture playbook? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, here you go. So <laughs> me. day two is when I started writing and I started at the time, we only had 40 people. So I interviewed all of them. Every single person that worked here, I sat down and asked them, what has it been like to work here? What do you like? What don't you like? What could we do differently? What do you want from the leadership team? And then we also um, put together huddles of people and just ask them questions about what do we, what, where do you want to work? What do you want the culture to be? But like, um, even asking them other businesses, like, so like, what would be your aspiration? Do you want to work somewhere like a Google or do you want to work somewhere like a Facebook or, you know, some of these big name places? Because they have a definition of what their culture is, uh, and using that as a guidepost for us, but knowing that we are fully distributed, so we don't even have an office, so that's kind of an extra layer of a for us in that there's no physical space. Like we are all over the United States and Canada, um, so that was an added challenge, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, man, I, I can imagine that. So when you, when you add that challenge of working from home and and everybody's Living. all over the United States. What have you what have you guys done or how has the culture playbook helped solidify that culture when everyone's all over the place?
1: Yeah, I think one of the the first thing is it put us at a it set a standard for us. So we basically were able to say before you even join, so before even people start the interview process, we send this out before you do an intro call with us. So it's very clear, like, is this what you want? Because if mm. you want a hybrid model or you eventually want to work in an office with someone, Refine Labs isn't the place for you. We're never going to have, we never plan to even have a physical office space. So that's one. We actually have a section, my favorite section in the culture book is called the Hell and All ah section. So we go through <laughs> but things will <do> not tolerate. <laughs> and so if that sparks a nerve with you, we're probably not the place to be. Um, if you want to work somewhere where, you know, we previously talked about the whole family concept. If you want to work somewhere with everybody's family, don't come work here. You know, so it actually set expectations and it helped with recruiting, but it also helped us with maintaining what is it that we want. So one of the things I talked about earlier was diversity and how so, that's something we are hyper-focused on uh, when it comes to referrals, when it comes to bringing on new hires. We specifically are looking at that like we want to reflect the demographics of the United States. So that's why we have a 50, we call it our 50-50 goal. So 50% women, 50% people of color. We're not there. So every single month we show the numbers, the numbers speak for themselves. And if people want it to, you know, it's not like we have thousands of employees, they could go count. <laughs> but we show people <laughs> the numbers because we want to be honest. And one of the biggest things we talk about is transparency. So I'm not going to hide from you that we are not hitting these numbers, but I am also going to show you the numbers every month. And I'm going to tell you what we're going to do about it.
0: Yeah. And I think that part is huge, right? Where it's like, no. here's the number and here's what we're doing about it. So regardless of, of you know, you guys have the 50-50, mm-hmm. but if, for those who are listening, they might have a different initiative. Yeah. It's what are you doing yeah. to make it happen? And that's how the culture starts mm-hmm. to to be created. Yeah. Right. So I, I love that. It, what I hear from you, Jessica, is that you have been extremely intentional yes. about how you're crafting the culture there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you created this playbook, Right, there are certain components in it. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through what are the main components of a culture playbook? If people are listening, we're like, I want to start instituting something like this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things, based on what you just said, before I answer that question, is I truly believe that the culture is not just the people team. So I want to be very clear. I as the VP mm. of People, I have ownership in the culture. It's something that is on a daily basis I'm personally thinking about. But every employee makes the culture, particularly on the leadership team. So as we have meetings on a weekly basis, the culture is something we talk about, like what is everybody on the leadership team doing? Because Mm. I can, you know, be the biggest cheerleader for the company in the world, but if you don't directly report to me, as we know, the experience between employees and their management or their leader is the biggest relationship when it comes to culture. So that's kind of where I put a lot of energy when it comes to training and development is middle management, because it's all fine and well on the leadership team to be like, oh, it's great here. But if you don't like your manager, you normally don't like where you work. So that's something that I have leaned into heavily is like the middle management, but the culture playbook. So there are several different sections in there. And one of the ones that we've recently added that I want to kind of focus on is what it's really like to work here. So when we first mm. rolled out the playbook, we did not have this section in there. And we got pushback from people that said like, oh, I didn't realize how fast paced things were. I didn't feel like I didn't realize how much change management like we change things rapidly if something's not working the next day it's changed um we've gone through two reorgs since i've been here and i've only been here a year so that tells you the Mm. rate of change is fast so we actually added in a new section that like what is it really like to work here because i think it's very um great to say like, oh, we have unlimited PTO and you can have your birthday off. But at the same time, like our clients are demanding. They expect you to get things back quickly. You will have time restraints on when things need to be done. You can take vacation if you need to, but the work is not changing. So we added in a section to really say like, this is what it's really like, because we don't want you to think that it's you can just take off whenever you want. You could, but you still have to do the work. So that's a new section that we actually added. We did a lot of testimonials from the, from not just the leadership team, because I think a lot of playbooks or some that I've seen, it literally is like excerpts from just the leadership team and I'm like of course it's great (laughs) you know so we actually (laughs) got excerpts from all employees and put them into the book and so that they could give their insight on what it's actually like to work here and we asked them specific questions about what they are doing so for example um, if you are a director what's it like to be a director here versus what's it like to be client-facing because everyone that works here is not client-facing versus the employees that are just internally focused where the employee our team are their clients. So for example, the people team, the employees are our clients or all intents and purposes. And so what is yeah. that like to work here? So that was one that I think has really helped people get a sense of what it's like to be here. Um, like I said, the hell and Law section is basically what things we will not accept. So things we won't tolerate. So one of the things in there is like, um, we call them keyboard gangsters. So sending people <laughs> that you wouldn't say to somebody's face, we don't tolerate that. Um, we have a whole section in there about meetings. Um, I would say we're kind of anti-meeting in that, like, if there is not an agenda, nobody, we're not attending the meeting. If there, you know, we don't have meetings on Fridays. So we, we really want people to be heads down working. And the way to do that is to foster this, like, unless we have to have a meeting, we don't have meetings. So we believe in, yeah. like, asynchronous, record a loom video, do whatever you have to do. And last resort is have a meeting. So... Most of our team is creative. So we're talking about like copywriters, graphic designers, like they need to actually be working. (laughs) If you're creating an animation for a client, we need you to actually do that. We don't need you in meetings. So those are some of the big things. Um, And obviously we did go through like benefits and some of the high level policies, like our parental leave and all of those things. But we it's intentional for it not to be a legal document. Um, and I will say, when someone starts with us, we do actually still have a handbook. So, when you start, you still actually get a handbook that's the very legal, um, HR approved document that you still have to sign. The culture playbook is talking specifically about the culture and what it's like to work here.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, the components I heard are, are the high level benefits, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the, the hell, now. Nah, yeah, right? uh, the, the that's like your favorite, the core values, mm-hmm. right? Hell no. uh, you know, <laughs> um, the core values part. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other one was the, what's it like to work? Is there any other, other ones that I missed there?
1: Um, there is a section on our core values. So we actually just revamped Mm -hmm. our core values. So our new core values have been added in and how to bring those to life because for example, it's nice to say, Oh, we believe in failure, but what does that actually look like? So we talk about like, it's okay to bring up if you made a mistake, don't hide what you've done. Like, let us know. And so we can talk through it. One of our newest core values is called be a multiplier. So making sure that you're multiplying what you're doing, amplify what you're doing, making sure that you're bringing other people along. So if you have a new project, why would you keep that to yourself? Like let the team know. And so we can all support you. So we give examples of what it would look like to be a multiplier.
0: Oh, that, that's great. That's great. So for those listening to this and they're like, I, I want to do this, mm-hmm. how do you start to implement? a playbook across the org, especially if they might be yeah. set in their ways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So getting leadership buy-in is a big one because and I say leadership buy-in in that when I started this process, I had gotten buy-in from the um the interview process, but this is not my first time writing a culture playbook. So at a previous employer, I implemented a culture playbook where I was not, I was relatively new, and they already had somebody in HR. So I identify with it being harder to do when you're coming in from a different angle. Um, So Mm -hmm. it was easier at Refine Labs. At a previous employer, it was harder. But it it still got done. But the leadership buy-in is number one. Um, And then talking through what's the return on investment, because it did take a lot of my time to write this. And the return on investment is, one, recruiting and two, making sure that employees that are currently here understand the culture and what's expected of them. So it's not like I can say like, you know, an ROI on this, but there is, you know, as far as like putting it in a spreadsheet, but I will say that this has helped us significantly when it comes to recruitment. So leaning in on what's the benefit to the organization and how, you know, how when you roll it out, it's going to help recruitment and employees. Another thing that I would definitely say is being mindful of, um, What is it you're trying to create? So for me, it was, I was very headstrong focused on when we get to 100 employees, I don't want us to have to backtrack and say the culture is not what we want it to be. Let's start over. It is much harder to do these things when you have hundreds of employees versus when you have 40. So my strong suggestion is if you are in an early stage startup, do it now. It's harder. Like I said, at a previous organization, we had about 200 people when I tried to write the culture book and it was much harder because we had more people. So we had more people to say, no, that's not the culture. And another thing yeah. I will point out is when you start doing surveys, everybody opinion is not created equal, okay? So you could <laughs> know everybody, you can have everybody's opinion, you can take their information, yeah. but all opinions are not created equal. So I'll just leave it at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's our safe space right there. Yeah. That, that, that's the boundary. We're like, ah, uh, we'll get in trouble anywhere else. Uh, okay, so, so, with that being said, you know, once you start implementing this playbook and someone's gung ho, they're like, I wanna do this, right? What are some potential obstacles? Like you you had yeah. mentioned uh, one thing you want is leadership buy-in, but that might be a potential obstacle, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't get it. But what are some of those obstacles people may face in trying to implement this?
1: Um, I think one of the things I normally run in when I'm trying to like push the limits on HR, I think outside of the box is people go to, they want to make policies for the extreme. So for example, Um, When we say we have unlimited PTO, the first thing I hear is, well, what if someone abuses it? Well, then we get rid of them." you know? So it's like, you know, they (laughs) want to make rules for the exception, not for the people that are actually going to follow what you say. So that was the biggest obstacle of people thinking like, well, we need to put everything in the culture book. That's not true. You need it to be high level. What is it like to work here? Giving people insight. It does not have to be a, this is what, you know, a list of everything you cannot do here. Like. There's an exception to every rule. So for so just using the PTO as an example is we have an unlimited policy. We have a no questions asked policy. So you don't have to tell us why you're on going on PTO. It's really none of our business, whether it's mental or physical health. The first pushback I got was like, well, what if someone abuses the policy? Well, then we get them out of here. You know, that's my answer. <laughs> like yeah. if they're abusing the policy, they yeah. are not a fit with our culture and they should leave. So just thinking through the extremes, because. I don't believe in creating policies for the exceptions.
0: Yeah. And that and I I think you and I will both go on a rant here <laughs> on this topic, right? Where there's so many policies that for are me. just being made because of just like, dude. Or one person. One person. One person. Yeah. One person. <laughs> uh, like, and you're like, really? Just let them go.
1: Yeah. Or, like, or, why are or they still or just here? Talk to them. Yeah. So if somebody's going to uproot, abuse the policy, they shouldn't work here, but yeah, I could go on a whole tangent on that one. So that would be the one thing I would say. Don't let that derail the whole process. Don't make an entire policy or anything for one person.
0: Yeah. And and the other thing that I, I was thinking about was that if you create a culture playbook correctly <laughs> and you're casting vision on the culture consistently and living it out, what ends up happening is that um, – those individuals that would abuse yes. something or policy have already been vetted out, mm-hmm. right? Like yes. most of these people are, are in love. They're excited for it. They, they, they understand, yeah. hey, I have unlimited PTO, but I also got to get my job yeah. done. So they're balancing out their lifestyle and they might take an afternoon off because yep. they know that they have next week to, to do whatever they need Absolutely. to get done. But the culture playbook sets the stage mm-hmm. for those individuals. Yeah. Am I correct on that?
1: Absolutely, you are correct. And another thing I would point out is it becomes a process for the employees. So there's, it's very rare that I have to get involved with something. It's like the employees are managing themselves. So as mm. when we think about PTO, the employees have the expectation that like work is going to get done on time for a client. So it's rare I have to step in because if someone's doing something that's out of line, they address it with each other. So it also mm. is setting an expectation that they know where they could be they can speak up.
0: Man, that's huge. So so it has a culture aspect to it, but also has pure accountability. Yes,
1: exactly. The accountability, like like I said, it's very rare I have to get involved.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. You must be chilling. You must be taking a lot of PTO. You know, I could, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I could. <laughs>
1: i am actually it's funny because i'm about to get married in november and i am going to take three weeks off so i'm very excited
0: uh, <laughs> hey you should push it to four just go to christmas yeah just like, to, i'm just going to christmas. take
1: the whole month of november off
0: yeah it just hey uh you're like yeah, i'm handing it all off i'm delegating i'm empowering i'm it's part of our new culture yeah, it's like, a core value the culture
1: is when you get married you take three weeks off
0: yeah <laughs> Done deal. Let's make it happen, right? Uh, well, hey. By the way, congratulations on the wedding. It, that's going to be super exciting. Uh, Jessica, any last words that you have for people in, in regards to building HR policies, as we kind of mentioned those a little bit, or creating a culture playbook?
1: The biggest thing I would say is when I think of HR, a lot of people laugh because I think of like innovation, whereas a lot of people think of um, like the HR police. You know, that old school mentality that HR is here to tell you what not to do and. Keep you out of a lawsuit. My stance on that is I'm not a lawyer. I have no interest in being like the finger wagging uh, grandma of the office. I'm not going to do it. So, my advice is to push the limits and do not make policies for people that don't actually want to be there. So, our policies are very, very open. Like, if you were to go look, it's very, we trust people to do their jobs. We treat you like an adult and we trust you to do your job. Whether we don't have times that people have to log in, is your job done? We look at output and not when you're actually doing things. So we actually um, made an accommodation. We had somebody come back uh, for maternity leave, and she was having difficulty sleeping with the baby and all that type of stuff. So we made an accommodation that she didn't actually start her day until the afternoon, but all of her work was being done. Who cares when she's doing it? So that's really our stance is like think outside of the box. Just because something has been done a certain way doesn't mean it has to be done, especially because we're fully remote. Who cares when you're working? If you work best in the middle of the night, then please, by all means, do it. I don't care.
0: (laughs) You're like, as long as you're not messaging me on Slack at 2 a.m. I won't be
1: responding, but you can work at night.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do whatever you want. That's awesome. (laughs) Jessica, for for those of uh, uh, who are listening to this and like, I love Jessica. Oh. She's awesome. <laughs> I, I love her style. I love this culture playbook. What's the best way to reach out to you and follow you?
1: Um, absolutely on LinkedIn. I'm super active on LinkedIn. I post basically every day. Um, and my handle is Refine Labs Jessica. Um, so if you even just go in and type in Refine Labs Jessica, you can find me. But my full name is Jessica Williams. And I have like literally the alphabet after my name. So find <laughs> me, you'll know it's me. Uh, but I would, yeah, I would love to connect. I'm always open to having conversations.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for what you're doing in the HR world, what you're doing in the marketing world, really too. You know, I think Refine Labs is is leading the way in a lot of ways in B two B marketing, uh, and you are are cultivating a, a beautiful culture of just trying to get people engaged and knowing uh, the North Star. So, thank you so much for doing that for people.
1: Perfect. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining me on this episode. If you like this podcast, leave a five star review and share this episode with someone who will benefit from it. Until next time.